I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. We're the guys from That Film Stew, and this is our latest episode where we look at some of the most recent news stories from the world of film and television. In today's show, the strike is over. Things in the movie world can start moving again, but what is the aftermath of the damage that has already been done? Only one MCU movie in 2024? Might not even be related to that. Whatever. The next Ghostbusters movie looks really cool. Nintendo announces their next movie, and Pixar's next movie is riddled with anxiety. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Studio Podcast. So, Jason, how about you kick things off? What is our first movie topic? Well, we can't start without talking about the strike and the fact that done so sag astra and the studios have finally reached a deal um which is great news for for everyone you know like the the hollywood machine everything can happen actors can go back to work actors can start talking about projects promoting things whatever but not only just that with everything going back i mean the positive news is that with production Production's going back into into play. Um, everything that surrounds Hollywood that relies on the Hollywood machine, you know, like cafes, restaurants, catering places, um, you know, people that work behind the scenes, production-wise, those people get to work again, which is fantastic. People's livelihoods are hopefully going to be back on track um, and hopefully not too much, you know, not to get too serious, but hopefully not too much damage has been done um, with all of that. I mean, major things in terms of the the strike agreements, like the things with the residuals, they've sort of put in much like with the writers' strike. There's been a bit of a, a like a bonus structure put in place. Uh, we don't have to get into all the nitty gritty details of it all, but you know, if something is quite successful, especially when it comes to streaming, within the first ninety days, they're getting a certain amount of views. Um, some key actors, key players in the in the making of the production get a bit of a, a bonus thing which is good the stuff with ai it got pretty crazy towards the end there studios were asking to basically use people's likeness in perpetuity without permission crazy even after they died ridiculous luckily they've come back to it um a lot more sensible in terms of what they're doing they can only utilize ai for things within a production that someone's already signed up for there's a whole bunch of other bits and pieces to it but they were the two major things again the good news is it's done and the world is as it should be that's it well the strikes may be over (laughs) but the impact on disney's upcoming release dates has been confirmed with deadpool 3 the only mcu movie releasing in 2024 new marvel film release dates we have captain america brave new world February 14th, 2025, Thunderbolts, July 25th, 2025, and Blade, November 7th, 2025. Do you know what? I really don't know about this Blade film. They cast (laughs) Michelle Ali a long time ago. We've got a voice cameo in Eternals. Apparently, they are up to their fifth screenwriter. 
There was a version <laughs> of a Blade movie, and Blade was like maybe the fourth or fifth build character. What are they doing? They've cast I mean, the perfect it's like Blade Trinity again. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, setting up the Night Stalkers movie. Um, yeah, okay, so Deadpool 3 is the only movie in the MCU we get next year. It's, I mean, look, there's there's a few things to take away. I mean, that fact in itself that we're, we're only going to get Deadpool, which is a unique movie in itself. Like, yeah, it's the MCU now, but it's also still very Fox X-Men related kind of thing. You know, like, it is what it is. Even though it's in the MCU, it's... So I'm I'm taking the stance of like the MCU is on a they're taking a sabbatical. We are essentially in a bit of a, a break here. And it might not be the worst thing. I'm hoping that, you know, not necessarily the strike as such, but I think you know, like there's been there's been some structure changes at, at Disney. Um Essentially, Kevin Feige's gotten his power back, his authority. There's no more middlemen, like, sort of calling the shots. Bob Iger's back in the CEO chair, like, looking over things. I think they're going to do some damage control, course correction. We've said it multiple times, like, and, you know, we've you know, we've got differing opinions on where the MCU and Marvel Studios are with things, but the quality of work, the abundance, the, the quantity over quality kind of approach hasn't been working there's been more misfires than home runs two different kind of analogies cars sports it's crazy i think having a break they they might be able to retool these next projects and even though it sucks we have to wait until 2025 to get them if there are things that they can do to make them not just you know mediocre or good movies but great fantastic ones i will wait what makes the news even kind of crazier is that 2024, not one live action DC movie. Think about that as well. Deadpool. Yeah, 2024 well, that's, is here. That's it, isn't we it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, unless like the Batman two, unless oh, like Joker. that's coming out next year. Uh, Joker. There is a okay. Yeah, sure. Joker comes out. Doom that comes out next Folly year. Yeah, that one. The Joker That's sequel. One. <laughs> Look, okay, okay. What I said was wrong there, but but it, it is an that's interesting. Not, that's not like superhero fair. No, that's is the it? thing. It's that it's the... an interesting mm. approach, isn't it? Like Marvel, we're getting Deadpool in the MCU, but really a Fox character, and a sequel to Joker. That's a musical, so. It's going to be a weird a year. year. So when we do our year in review and it's like, what's your most anticipated movies for 2024? I'm going to guess those two might be up there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be there honest, I'm pretty, I'm pretty keen for Deadpool 3. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, it's crazy. But again, I'm hoping there's a silver lining here to, to the delays. Um, but, you know, speaking of Warner Brothers and stuff, Kind of briefly. I don't even think I said Warner. You know what I'm doing. After initially shelving it for a tax write-off, Warner Brothers will reportedly now let the filmmakers of Coyote vs. Acme shop the movie to other potential distributors following backlash to their decision. So there's a bit of bit of context needed, I guess, with this story. 
I mean, like, yeah, like the movie was going to be shelved, never to see the light of day. They were like, look, we filmed, was it, um, oh, who was John Cena? Well, John Cena's John Cena in this movie. And you've apparently got they had finished Wiley, Coyote, Roadrunner. Mm. I think James Gunn worked on this movie as well. Like, yeah. this was apparently like, apparently they, they had yeah. done all the principal photography. So they'd done all the live action filming. They just hadn't started any of the animated CGI work, which obviously like a much like a space jam, you know, like you've got that animated hybrid thing. But yeah, I don't know. Good news, initially Warners were like, we're not releasing it, that's it. And then there was a mm. lot of commotion online. And yeah, now apparently, yeah, you know, they're gonna look at shopping the movie around. It's just gonna be weird. Like we've commented before on the podcast when we have gone to the movies to review a Warner Brothers movie. But here in Australia, Warner Brothers theatrically are distributed by Universal. And it always catches me off guard watching a DC yeah. movie and it starts with the Universal logo, a conjuring movie. It's Universal. It's going to be really weird if you go to watch a Looney Tunes movie and it's not Warner Brothers. It's going to be very strange. Yeah, and you won't get the Warner Brothers logo like at all? Or would you still? Because, I mean, even though they're shopping... Warner Brothers movie movie, distributed... But then, do you know what? It would still be a Warner Brothers own... Maybe. still get a Warner Brothers logo? Ah, it's mental. Maybe it doesn't go theatrical. Maybe Prime Video Mm. and their deep pockets, you know, MGM Studios over there. Maybe a streaming service will, will pick it up. But... We're still potentially going to get to see it, but until they made that announcement, it looked like this movie was joining Batgirl and Scoob Holiday Haunt in the WB vault. Because remember, like the Scoob movie from a few years ago, they made a sequel, and it was a Christmas movie. And that is tucked away with Batgirl. (laughs) So this movie doesn't look to be seen... The same, the same fate, and I heard something I as well. Day. Yeah, I was going to say there was something about it. they were going to make another Scooby Doo film about the Hex Girls, the witch characters, and that's been scrapped. Wow. It's just I don't know, man. What's going on at Warner Brothers? They're just like, hey, we've got a thing, we're making it, and I mean, now we're not. Yeah, they look. I mean, again, much like Disney, a lot of a lot of changing of hands. Um, you know. Uh, CEO David Kalar, who greenlit a whole lot of projects like this, is gone. Um, and, uh, David Cav Zaslav, David Zaslav is now in charge, and he's he's been the one that's you know been chopping, redirecting the DC films, and you know like ending all the Arrowverse projects, and pretty much cleaning shop there, like and you know shelving Batgirl. He's he's cleaning shop. They want to redirect where they're what they want, and I guess they don't want to put out underwhelming, mediocre properties. They don't want to put out things that they're going to lose money on. And I guess they're probably looking at them. Who the hell greenlit this? Okay, we've invested this much money. It would be better to write it off than continue to pump money into it, put it out, market it, spend money, have it theatrical, lose money. So I don't know. It's all business. They're working it out. They'll be fine. 
Yeah, I, I do wait for yeah. the I do wait for the day where all of these movies that got shelved somehow get leaked, and it's like, yeah. oh my god, remember that? Remember that Batgirl movie from like early twenty twenties? Because we'll remember, <laughs> we'll forget what year it was, and it'll be like, oh my god, it's online. We can like, yeah. and then we'll watch it and be like. Wow, that was so shit. <laughs> It'll happen. But I mean, Richard was really good in it. <laughs> we did a recent review of Scooby Doo and Crypto Two, which, yeah. admittedly, is not great, but we did finally get to see stayed. it. <laughs> but before we got to see it, though, the whole film, apparently, I didn't watch it online, but the whole film got released online and people watched it. So maybe Batgirl, you know, it could get out there at some point. Um, but this movie, though, uh, Coyote versus Acme, um, I'd like to see it. You know, Looney Tunes always good fun. Uh, animation, live action, hybrid. Looney Tunes back in action, and of course, Space Jam. So it would be interesting to see that movie. I knew and Legacy again, John was Cena. just the best. Oh, not so. Legacy. I meant the first face jump. <laughs> but John Cena, everybody likes John Cena, and he's there in this in this movie. Right, okay, so we we got a trailer for The Fall Guy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the TV series from 1981. It ran for all five seasons. I've never seen it. Did uh, not know this was... Based on that, a remake of that. I've yeah, never man, heard yeah, of, no, it's a TV series from the eighties. Yeah. Lee Majors, you know, he was he was the guy. He was Colt Seavers. Uh, it was a whole a whole thing. Uh, the adventures of a film stuntman who moonlights as a bounty hunter. Anyway, fast forward to now. <laughs> We've got this movie with Ryan Gosling on the back of Barbie, and so many people are like, "Oh, hang on." We're not familiar with this Ryan Gosling. Where's you know, we know him from the more edgier stuff that he's done, you know, the where he broods, that kind of thing. But I was getting <laughs> strong Ken vibes from, from the trailer, and this movie wasn't on my radar at all. But just watching this trailer, I'm like, this looks so much fun. Hopefully, you've seen the trailer, but if not, Ryan Gosling has to track down a missing movie star solve a conspiracy and try to win back the love of his life while still doing his day job. And she's played by, oh, why am I blanking? Emily Blunt. Emily, Emily Blunt. Blunt is in this movie. It just, it looks great. It looks so much fun. I'm getting a bit of Kennedy. I'm getting a bit of The Nice Guys, the Shane Black movie from a couple of years ago. This movie to me looks great. And it, I don't think it's, you don't need to know that it was based on a TV show like you didn't. It just looks like, nah, like a fun movie. And that's it. Look, it's got, it's got some good, hell, I'm going to say it. it's got some good energy. Um, no, like the energy really in, does. in this trailer, like <laughs> it feels good. There's, there's comedic elements to what I'm seeing. Not like this is a straight comedy or anything, but it's like, you know, there's humorous things in it, what the characters are doing and, yeah, I don't know. There's something. This kind of this looks pretty good. This looks pretty, and you know, I I can't say no to an Emily Blunt movie. I I'm a sucker, so <laughs> I'm there for for it. I mean, for the movie. <laughs> yes, that was the genuine accident. Anyway, um, 
What about Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters, new and old, must join forces to protect their home in Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Um, so we've got the new trailer for the next Ghostbusters film. An ancient artifact unleashes an evil force that threatens to send the world into a second ice age. Got to say, like, as I'm watching this trailer for the first time, I'm, like, trying to put pieces together. I'm like, okay, is this definitely a sequel to Afterlife? And I'm like, all right, cool. We're getting the the kids back. We're getting Paul Rudd, the mum. I'm like, okay, yes, it is. Check. And I was like, we saw the original Ghostbusters in Afterlife. Are they going to feature? They had a bit of a tag at the end of the first one there. Yes, we see them again. I'm like, all right, check. I'm on board with this. I'm on board yeah, with no, this. me too. Like, me too. It's first um, teaser. It's not yeah much, but we see quite a lot yeah. though. You're right. I mean, it, yeah, teaser is the right is the right word. And it wasn't until this that we actually got the title confirmed. Yeah, Frozen Empire. Because I mean, for the longest time, we just knew the working title, which was Firehouse. That's all we knew this movie to be referred to as. <laughs> So now we get the Firehouse, official Frozen Empire. Okay, there's a and in the trailer. Opposite Pat and Oswald, he's in it, and they're talking about how yes. people were literally scared to death. And then only a small part of the teaser, but you've got British stand-up comedian James Acaster. Some have speculated that he's a grown-up baby Oscar from Ghostbusters what? 2. Okay. Is he? But I mean, maybe he's not. But that some people are speculating <laughs> that. But regardless, it looks fun. Like, and they've got the flight suits, but then it's ice, snow. So they've got the big red winter coats on, but they've got the Ghostbusters logo on on the arm. I'm liking a lot of what we're getting here, but at the same time, right? You know, because if you think when Ghostbusters came out in 1984, and before that, we got Caddyshack. So if you look at movies in the 80s, they were made a certain way. You know, Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. all of yeah. that. And then 89 is when we got Ghostbusters 2. And it's still, you know, it's just five years on from the first movie. And then we got that reboot in 2016. But then if you fast forward to Afterlife, I mean, that was very much approached like a modern film. And we're getting that again here, you know, you know, whether it's how the T's have been put together, but it's a bit arty. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's polished, that the music, everything, it's just cool and modern and really well done. It just, it's just weird to me a little bit. It'd be like if they had this approach to a sequel to Caddyshack today. You know how like, they're treating it with like such care and blockbuster. Yeah, such like, care and, yeah. and respect and. I don't know, but I love everything they're doing here. I just thought it was a you know an interesting comparison. You know, looking at movies from from the eighties that did cast a lot of people from Saturday Night Live. But anyway, Frozen Empire, I'm I'm here for it, and I still can't believe we're getting new Ghostbusters films, even though we've seen Afterlife and I've seen it many times, and we're getting <laughs> another Ghostbusters film. I don't know, like after years of wanting it, like a kid in the eighties, and and here we are. We're getting Ghostbusters for on the back of Afterlife actually being like pretty damn good. It like, is. Yeah. It's, it's it's no longer a case of like oh look we've got another Ghostbusters but oh how's it gonna be? I hope it's good. 
it, now it's like, well, that one was really good. If they can continue that, like, fantastic. Something to look forward to. I'm excited. Where, you know, hopefully, again, hopefully they do deliver. But my anticipation is like, well, I'm excited because I trust them to keep doing what they just did. And that's great. Hopefully it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't let me down. I don't know, man. Jason Reitman's back. It looks good, and the cast is back. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it very yeah, much. Look, look, no, no, I'm, I'm in a positive mindset with it. Like, okay, going cool. in, being like, yep, yeah, yeah, but there's still a chance it might, it might be crap. No, 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 come on, come on, stop. Stop bringing the energy down. Let's stay. Let's stay positive. <laughs> All right. Well, that's right. it for the biggest news stories. We'll just finish off with some smaller news stories. I disagree that these are small stories, but sure. <laughs> well, it depends how much time we spend. <laughs> a live-action Legend of Zelda movie is officially in the works at Nintendo. So there we go. It just took one movie to be successful the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Nintendo's like, do you know what? Let's make films. Because they tried in 93 with Bob Hoskins. It didn't work out for them. And here we are, on the back of Mario, we're getting a live-action Zelda movie. Like, we knew after the success of Mario that, you know, what are Nintendo going to do next? I mean, Mario 2 is the obvious choice. But then you look at their catalogue of of video games characters and stuff like that who's on that level now we got donkey kong in in the mario's in the mario movie so do a spin-off of him whatever but you're looking at all these characters who has that star power who's up there zelda or like link link and the legend of zelda it's a given that this would be could have put money on it whether they were going to go animated or live action I think it's one of those ones where it's like they could have gone either way. They could have done this in, a, in an animated thing, but I think it lends itself so much this property, like to a live action setting and all the wonderful magical things you can do there. That it's like, yeah, why the hell not? Let's. Yeah, I think it's the for it. it's the right approach for the Legend of Zelda, like thinking about. You know, not just gamers, but people who enjoy shows like Game of Thrones, mm. the Lord, like of, Lord the Rings, of the Rings, TV series, movies. So I just think it's that general moviegoers that watch Lord of the Rings movies and, and movies like that, they're more likely to go out and watch a live-action Zelda film than they would an animated film, even if it was like a Pixar-quality animated film and not as cartoonish, although fantastic, Mario was. But if it was like a cartoonish Zelda film, I just think live action is the right way to go for them. I mean, I've still got my fingers crossed for eventually like a a shared universe Nintendo thing, a Super Mario, like Super Smash Brothers crossover movie, you know, like in the vein of event. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we can still... That could that still Kirby happen as well, though. And, that That could yeah. still happen, like simultaneous and, and hey, live action animated link. Maybe they could do an yeah an animated link. Why the hell not? But um, but look, I think the next question is, you know, like who do they cast as as Link? Well, if this so, wasn't a short news story, we could spend time and speculate. But yeah. um, look, what I was going to do there was say Chris Pratt is the obvious oh. choice. Maybe because it's live action. Maybe not <laughs> because he uh, 
you see where I was going. Yeah, he is the go-to for animated characters. He was, of course, Mario, and now Garfield. Chris Pratt's Garfield voice is revealed in the trailer for the Garfield movie. Um, and do you know what? Pretty cute trailer. Pretty cute. <laughs> yes. My interest in this was like, okay, a Garfield movie, fine. You know, it's worked before. Bill Murray. Um, now we're doing an animated one. Okay, you know, I can definitely see it working. Watching this trailer, my anticipation is notched up a bit. I'm like, okay, I can really see the appeal here. Like, this is cute. There's good gags when Garfield turns and he's just an eating monster machine. The Chris Pratt voice, if we thought in Mario he was just doing his voice, but like with an Italian-American Brooklyn twang, this is him literally just doing his voice. There is nothing more than Chris Pratt sounding like Chris Pratt in this. Yeah, I remember before Mario is like, oh, I've been spending so much time. I'm like, is he? I don't know if he's kidding or not, but he's like I said, I've been spending so much time on perfecting my Mario voice. Just wait until you hear it. And then you heard it and you're like, that's Chris Pratt. <laughs> no, it was... It had I mean, a Brooklyn twang to it. Come in on. the movie, <laughs> in the movie, yes, you hear Mario. But the trailer. when they first put out that trailer, so, and then this trailer, again, it's just, it's, it's, just Pratt, it's yeah. a cat sounding like Chris Pratt. So I don't, I don't understand why he's the go-to. Like Mario, yep, Chris Pratt. Garfield, I've got just the actor for you. <laughs> it needs to be, needs to be, Chris Pratt, I don't know. But you know what? I mean, I agree with you. Yes, it does look fun and cute and all those things. It looks like it, you know, it's going to be a good, good movie. A bit of interesting Garfield slash Ghostbusters trivia. When they did the Garfield animated series, I think the one that came out in the 80s, Garfield was voiced by Dave Collier who voiced Peter Venkman in the real Ghostbusters no cartoon. Then when they did the live-action Garfield movie, Bill Murray voices Garfield. How crazy is that? Because think Maybe back that to that show in the weird. 80s. Garfield yeah. did sound like Peter Venkman from the real Ghostbusters because he was the same actor. And then fast forward, Bill... Oh, it's weird. It's that weird might have been the you know choice because it was like well garfield animated was that character that we are very monotonous very much like peter venkman who is bill murray how about we get bill it kind of makes sense that it does but but... but it's always a fun (laughs) fun bit of trivia and Uh, i don't get to share it often because we don't often talk about garfield but there we go but it's um yeah it looks good but I don't know, maybe next time they do a big budget animated movie, just cast somebody else. I mean, I like Chris Pratt. I don't want him not to work. It's just Mario and Garfield. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead you into the next story, but Chris Pratt will definitely voice one of these new emotions. Surely. <laughs> oh, that's not confirmed, is it? Inside out no, 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 no. Oh, good. <laughs> he's getting a sequel, and this time anxiety voiced by Maya Hawk is crashing the party. I think I knew this was a thing, but it's here. Like, I we've got the teaser for Inside Out 2. I felt the same thing. Like, I think after the fact, I was like, no, 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 we've, we've definitely talked about this coming. But, like, suddenly the trailer just landed, and I was like, 
Inside Out 2? What the? F-? Like, and then, and then I turned to my wife. She's like, yeah, that's a thing. Is it? But now thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, this went under the radar for a it long just, time. I, I think, yeah, it, it does seem familiar. Like, okay, so this is a thing that was coming. But at the same time, for them to just be like, well, here's the teaser. Like, oh, wow. Oh, we're seeing footage. Do you know what? <laughs> what a teaser. This is good. Like, we, look, Inside Out is definitely a very special movie. One of the one of the greats in terms of the Pixar catalog. the The character of Riley, now thirteen years old, you know, it's it's that time, puberty, things like that. Starting high school, lots of emotions, lots of new emotions, and that what this teaser shows us is that, like, hey, like the the brain trust, their facility is getting renovated. We've got some new emotions moving in and we're introduced to anxiety um, and a like, big laugh straight away just at that concept. But then it's also like, yeah, you're going to make room for us or something like that. So it's like, what do you mean us? But the hint is that there's a handful of new ones coming and it's like, well, you think about that time of your life, what new emotions are, are coming in? I'm guessing things like, I don't know, mood swings or like... I know similar to like sadness, but just like dark and broody. Um, I don't know how Pixar would handle this, but you know, horny, <laughs> like a libido type kind horny of horny Pixar. I don't know, like a horny emotion, like all the equivalent, whatever they name it. I don't know. They obviously can't call it horny, but I don't know. I mean, I think love, I think we've just got a name for this episode, but. Um... <laughs> Horny Pixar. Horny Pixar. Oh, very good. I, I remember watching that short they did where, where Riley was going dating. And I guess that oh. kind of leads into or leans into what they're going to be doing with this. But it's interesting that so we're going to be having another Pixar film, and it's not been too long since Turning Red, um, about a teenager going through puberty. Yeah. That's what we got. Look, I'm, um, I'm, that's what we got there. And I wish you were my kids and my youngest turning red to her was just about a young girl that turned into a red panda. Nothing else. <laughs> so it works on multiple levels. But I inside out <laughs> inside out is for me top tier Pixar. It's yeah, one of 100%. their best. And um yeah, so yeah, I did the do the sequel, but just again. Surprised when I just pressed play on a trailer. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, here we are. <laughs> All right, we also got our first look at Merry Little Batman, a new animated holiday film in which Damian Wayne has to do his best Kevin McAllister impression to stop supervillains from ruining the holidays. So they've released first look images, and we've not watched it yet because as we've been recording. The trailer has dropped. So obviously we're not talking about the trailer. We've not seen it. Um, but the images look fun. This is a comedic take. Uh, Batman meets Home Alone. Uh, it's going to be on Prime Video. So, it, yeah, you know, it's going to be it's going to be fun. And I think they're looking at having Prime be the home for DC animated content. And this is going to be the first one that they put on there. Yeah, it's just interesting where, where they all land. But you're right, like with the like the images, the character designs, like it's all very 
wacky, unique looking, um, you know, very unlike any other sorts of DC animated things we've seen in recent times. Um, so this is interesting. And look, you know what? They've kind of hooked me with the Home Alone angle of it again. You know me, bit of a sucker for Home Alone, so I will. I'll be on there. So yeah, if if it's if it's not clear, sucker for Home Alone, sucker for Emily Blunt. Um, I'll see what else we can come up with throughout this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Superman Legacy will be making the originally planned release date of July eleventh, twenty twenty five. And as you alluded to earlier, I mean, yes, we've got Joker too. But if we're looking at the big superhero spectacle that we're getting from Warner Brothers, Superman Legacy is the next film that we're going to get from them. Mm. So on one hand, it's a bit of a wait. But on the other hand, now that the strike is over, um, Hollywood can continue. And Superman Legacy, very much looking forward to that film being the first DCU film. Or actually, next year, before this movie, on TV, we will get Creature Commandos, the animated oh, series that's all connected. Mm. Did you all see happened. the Did you see the post that James Gunn yes, shared, and it was the Superman was font? The, the text, man, so perfect. It's, perfect. It kind of you know, like we we've got the casting of you know Superman and Lois. Um, but obviously we've, we've got no footage, we've got no actual images of anyone really yet. But like just looking at them two, looking at the font that James Gunn's chosen to use to pretty much announce this, you know, like it just kind of harkens back to like that classic, tra- say traditional, like, you know, we're talking like Superman the movie kind of stuff, you know, like that that joyfulness that you get with the Superman character. I'm sure he'll dabble into, you know, some darker themes with the the problems that Superman faces, all that kind of stuff, you know, like because he has that really good way of being joyful, but also like, hey, look, there's a dark undertone to all of this. But I think on the surface, we're gonna get that pop, that poppy, bright Superman, and I am all for it. I'm excited. Me too. 2025. Yeah. My God, I hope we're still alive by then. <laughs> it just seems <laughs> because it seems very far away. Because it's the internet, like you can't please everybody. So a percentage mm. of people were really happy to see that he'd use that font and, you know, what it alludes to and what it reminds people of, like, you know, Christopher Reeve's Superman. So some people are happy about that. But other people, they don't want that. They want a Henry Cavill Superman. They want a darker, edgier Superman. They want a Superman that will just snap Zod's neck. So you just can't please everybody. So I appreciate the position that James Gunn... Oh, is Move in, on, guys. Go get I, excited about Rebel Moon and, and support <laughs> that. Like You know, I, I did have it as a news story. I've taken it out, but apparently Snyder has said that Rebel Moon and Army of the Dead are a shared universe. Whether that's true or oh not, I God. don't know. We don't need to spend time <laughs> on that. I took it out for a reason. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, classic Superman. I'm I'm happy with that. But Gunn, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a task on his hands because... He's not going to be able to please everybody because people have conflicting, very different opinions of who Superman is and who he should be for a modern audience. But anyway, we'll have have many conversations about that exact same thing over the next year and a half. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, that's it for 
the film news and now on to TV news. Marvel Spotlight is a new MCU label that will focus on bringing more grounded, character-driven stories to the screen with street-level stakes over larger MCU continuity. Uh, Spotlight Projects will have a musical fanfare intro composed by Michael Giacchino, which is not unsimilar to the Marvel fanfare that we get for all the other stuff, which has Giacchino helming that. Um, So this is an interesting new development in the world of Marvel Studios and the MCU. It is. It's a new new label within the MCU. So I guess the idea like behind it as well, as well as it just being street level, essentially what they're looking for it to be is accessible content for people that have not seen all of the MCU which for the most part, more than ever, you kind of need that knowledge. We did a recent review of the Marvels and you kind of need to see WandaVision, Miss Marvel. So the idea, you absolutely do. The the idea behind Marvel Spotlight, oh, it's going to give you a full of experience. Anyway, we're not talking about the Marvels. We've reviewed that movie. But Marvel Spotlight is an interesting one. So this is a label within MCU. We've already got a special presentation. Yeah, and that would be the best comparison to what the hell this is conceptually. But then Um, the special presentations are one and done. You know, we've got the Guardians holiday special. We've got Werewolf by Night. But what's what we're getting here at, so the first show that they're putting out under this banner is Echo. And what's different about Echo, and we'll get to it in a moment because we're going to talk about the recent trailer, is it's five episodes, and all five episodes get released on the same day, January 10th, yeah, which is, is a different, different thing for the MCU. Normally, it's released weekly. Yeah. No, it's it's... Yeah, it's an interesting take, you know. Like, and look, when we talk, when we talk, okay, we're going to talk about the, look, the five episode thing is is where oh, I've already been whinging about the six episode structure is like, either make it worth your while for a show, twelve episodes or something, or just condense it, make it a movie for crying out loud, five episodes unless they're all hour long. My God, like just make it a movie and be done with it. But look, they're taking a different approach with this. They're they're labeling these street level things, and hell, maybe maybe they'll they'll take the same approach with Daredevil. I mean, essentially street level, but then I'm it looking back at other projects. I don't want that. Hawkeye, don't street level. <laughs> like honestly, there... don't stuff Daredevil under this banner. I'm not. I'm not happy with that. I remember watching Hawkeye. I enjoyed Hawkeye a lot. Echo was introduced in that show. And at no point as I was watching that show, I thought, she could do her own show. So I've not (laughs) been too excited. We can kind of, we can shift into the trailer. I was more more excited about Echo before I met Echo. (laughs) Right. But we've seen the trailer now. And watching the trailer, it's like, wow, there's a lot of kingpin in this. 
if they were saying that, do you know what? We're going to make a Kingpin TV show and Echo's in it. I'd have been yeah. much more excited from the get-go than having to... Here's what I've got to say, right? This is a well-put-together trailer. It presents a pretty, like a pretty dark, gritty tone. My interest is spiked, right? Based on what they've presented here, because I'm like, okay, this is not what was I, what I, what I was expecting, especially based on what we had seen of this Echo character introduced in Hawkeye. Because my interest just went down the toilet, because I was like, who the hell wants a show about this character? No one cares. She was more interesting on paper. Having said all of that, though. This is one of the most, I'm assuming, one of the most manipulative trailers I've ever seen. Because like you said, this is a trailer about Kingpin. This features Kingpin. This has voiceover by Kingpin. This has gritty, violent scenes involving Kingpin. This is making me want a Kingpin show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you know what? You're in luck because it looks as though you're going to get one. It's called Echo. He Kingpin could be in one episode for all we know, and they're not necessarily advertising the wrong thing or like falsely advertising something because hey, we're showing you footage that Kingpin is in, but we're also showing you Echo, so it's like it's the Echo show and we're labeling it that, we're not calling anything else. But if he's only in one episode, no one can really argue about it. He might be in five minutes of multiple episodes. But this trailer makes it seem like he is a heavy hitter in the show. He's featured very prominently. I've got my bullshit radar on. <laughs> I'm like, nah, <laughs> this is not a kingpin show. He's going to be featured. He'll appear. How much? Who knows? <laughs> but other than that, though, the trailer does a really good job in making this seem like a show I want to watch. <laughs> so, all, all I know is in the space I'm of so how many minutes, I think you've said Kingpin 10 times <laughs> and Echo maybe once. Um, and do you know what? That's the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good. Like, it looks it like a look good, good though. It looks like a good trailer. But I don't know if what it is now is what it was always supposed to be. Because, you know, they'd announced it. We got introduced to this character in Hawkeye. And ahead of, you know, us getting the show, Marvel are saying, hey, we've got this new label. You don't have to wait for a season weekly. You get it like one and done. You can binge it on the same day. And it's just five episodes. The shortest of any of them. Marvel Studios show, not including I Am Groot. I'm aware that they're like two <laughs> episodes. There's five. This is clearly going to be longer than that. But if you're looking at the live action shows from One Division to Echo, it's going to be much shorter. And in the in the um, in the trailer, you do see a glimpse of Daredevil, and he's wearing the red suit. So whether that is true or we're being manipulated like you think we might be with kingpin and they're just showing footage from the netflix show who knows because we've had charlie cox daredevil in she hulk and he was wearing the red and mustard yellow costume don't get me wrong i despite and you would have had to listen to uh the marvel's reviews to understand the context here but like 
I've previously addressed some bullshit that they've done in their marketing for stuff where they've put stuff in the trailer that just is not real. I'm not saying here that they're using footage from the Netflix show or they're showing Daredevil. I, I believe that, look, they've shown Daredevil. Daredevil will feature in, in this show in some capacity. Again, who knows how little, how big. But the same goes with Kingpin. I think the footage that they've shown, they'll show Kingpin. That he'll be in there and it'll be that footage. I just don't know to what capacity. No, I, I, I get that. With, selling him. Yeah. With Daredevil, I just mean for the sake of what we see in the trailer, they're repurposing footage potentially. Like, I do believe Hawk, uh, Hawkeye. I do believe Daredevil's in the <laughs> show. The reason why I slipped up there is because in the MCU, how we are introduced to Echo she feels like a Hawkeye character. In the comics, yeah. she's a Daredevil character. Anyway, so Echo, 10th of January, watch the whole season. I mean, I'm definitely not doing it in one day. Who the hell has time for that? Uh, we've definitely all gone back to work after Christmas break. Yeah, no, no, I will spread this over a few days <laughs> at least. <laughs> I, I reckon uh, you're looking at about 40, 45 minutes max runtime, but I could be wrong. That's still a long investment. Five episodes. Um, a bit of a bit of sad news, but kind of bittersweet. Kind of saw it coming. I'm not too shocked. Superman and Lois has been officially cancelled at the CW. So we've got our upcoming fourth season. Um, you know, there's been they've reined in the budget. They've dropped the majority of the you know the supporting cast. Shorter season, I believe. 10 episodes? Is shorter. I've just realised in prepping this show, I made a bit of a typo because what you just said there is exactly what I've written. The show has officially been cancelled. Now, in reality, yes, it is ending, but they did announce it on the back of season three, didn't they? That they're making well, they a final the season. So they never said final. They announced the fourth. I'm pretty season, sure they did. I'm pretty sure they. I'm pretty sure oh, it was no, announced no, as is... a fourth and final season. Either way, when you say cancelled, it just sounds harsh. I think this show has it come does. to an end. The and it definitely lasted longer than I think it would have done without the fans. This show has a strong fan base. And all the changes that have happened with James Gunn, Peter Saffron at DC, a lot of the uh, you know DC shows have ended, Doom Patrol, Titans, various others. So this show has hanged on a while longer. But yeah, it, it definitely is ending now. It was totally inevitable, like I said. You can see it coming. DC is doing something different now, both on the big screen and on small screen, that shared universe stuff there. So I definitely saw this coming. Um, I'll, I'll say right here, like Superman and Lost, in terms of like the live action DC TV shows, Arrowverse connected or adjacent or whatever the hell you want to call it, this has been my favorite. You know, like I've enjoyed Arrow, I've enjoyed Flash and, and Supergirl and bits and pieces, but in terms of like consistent quality, this show has delivered. Like I've enjoyed, you know, even though, you know, it still dabbles in like the cheesy like cheesy bits and you know like that network tv kind of writing it it's like you know they've been some good solid little seasons here so we'll be sad to see it go but like you said not cancel it's not like they've made these episodes and then oh it's it's cancelled oh we're left on a cliffhanger they're gonna wrap this up 
and leave us at a good point at the end of the at the end of its fourth season's run. Yeah, so, I um I love the show. I absolutely love the show. Tyler Hecklin, Clark Kent, Superman, Elizabeth Tullock, Lois Lane, and you know said all along like in live action. Spending time with these characters at a point in their life that we've just not seen before. She knows that he's Superman. They're married. They've they've got lives together. They've got teenage sons. Like we've never had that in live action before. It's such a strong point of difference from anything else. And then, you know, with Superman mm-hmm. Legacy, a much younger Superman is going to be in that movie. But I'm glad that this show. Is getting a send off, but keep in mind, right? Remember that season three finale when they shot that and released that episode, they didn't know they were going to get picked up or not. Imagine without spoiling it, people have not seen it. If that was the finale for the whole show, disappointing, it would be so disappointing. I was coming back. <laughs> remember when it was like they announced this fourth season, but then you know, like the strikes were happening, and I was being all negative, Nancy, and I was like, look, this is the recipe for potentially they might not go through with it. They might just call it a day. I was starting to come to terms with if that was how season three ended, as in the show ended, I was okay with it. It was kind of like an epic cliffhanger where it was like, oh, we kind of know this story and where it goes. Um, I was okay with it, but I'm glad. I am glad that we get to see I what mean, happens. I can't believe what you're saying. I would have been furious. <laughs> look, no, again, uh, without spoiling it, oh, come wrong. on. No, no, don't take me wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have been gutted, but I think I had to mentally prepare myself and have to kind of go through that acceptance because maybe you're right. Like, maybe it really would have, it really would have sucked <laughs> really bad. But Honestly, this, this, this show, I think more people should watch it. Like, people, you know, that we know, like, will refer to this as Superman light. Like one person in particular that we know. And like, you know, compare this Superman to a theatrical Superman. But visually, like the VFX in this show are fantastic. They really are. Like way above any CV show. This is pretty Yeah, for TV. But where this show excels, it's Lois and Clark. It's those those moments. And they they can do things on TV. The pacing and the time that we get to spend these characters on TV, you can't do in a two-hour movie, a two-and-a-half-hour movie. So I love this show so much. And I'm a guy that grew up on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, which admittedly is a romantic comedy. It's more Clark than Superman. But still, <laughs> we got to spend time with with the people, the characters. And then the the you know the superheroics came came after. Yeah, this well, is final like season. Like, I'm excited. Better written. <laughs> and I'll admit, it's I a, came. Dude, it's a different I... thing. I, I, no, it I, is. Honestly, it I, is. Okay. I I can't hear a, a bad a thing it's said it's about all, Lois and Clark. Different era. Like, <laughs> I'll admit, thing. the wife and I came late to this show. I was trying to do like the Arrowverse catch up, but then it was very clearly established. And I was like, no, look, this is its own thing. Just let it be. So the wife and I caught up on it. So we've had, we, pretty much churned through the three seasons. This has been the longest period of time watching this show without new episodes. So I'm antsy for it. Like, <laughs> bring it on, bittersweet, but also 
very finale-like, so I'm all for it. I mean, I could keep talking about Superman, but we do need to move on. <laughs> Russell T. Davies has officially confirmed that Doctor Who Series 14 will be called Season 1. The new Who era, which started in 2005 with Christopher Eccleston, will be ending in 2022. The new Who era is now over. Now, so, I know you're not a Doctor Who guy, ended? right? It's already ended? Is that what you're saying? Yes. I feel like they we, should have told someone. <laughs> we are getting the three Doctor Who specials with David Tennant. Now, this really is big news, right? Because those specials in the UK, as always, just like it's always been for Doctor Who, the BBC. That is the home of Doctor Who. But now, outside of the UK, Disney Plus. So you're going to get these three bridging specials. Tenant, most people's favourite Doctor Who, is back. But then when we get the brand new Doctor Who show with the new Doctor, it's going to be season one. And it is a smart move. Doctor Who has been going since the 60s. Yeah. And that canon went from the 60s to 2005 for the reboot with Eccleston, and they continued it through to Jodie Whittaker, who then generated, or regenerated, should I say, into David Tennant. And there was a big mystery around, well, why has that happened? That's not a thing that happens. But to restart the whole thing for the first time, since 2005, at the same time that they've got this big worldwide deal with Disney Plus, it makes sense. It it does. Look, as an outsider, I mean, obviously, I'm still trying to get on the Doctor Who bandwagon, but um, all of that makes sense. It's like it seems like the right time for it. I'm glad to know that. So the these specials that are coming out will essentially be like. The finale, it'll wrap up, I guess, this run, or will it still be? Even though they're saying season one is now coming, like you said, a bridging thing. Like, so will it transition into, like, could, like, so at the, the end the of the new... specials, will he regenerate yes. as this new fella, as the new? So doctor. essentially, it's still the same continuity, right? It's that I know, but just like, like, but just like. Christopher Eccleston, when they did the reboot in 2005, it was the same continuity, but Christopher Eccleston was Doctor Who season one. When David Tennant took over after Eccleston did just one season, it was Doctor Who season two. So they they've already so basically since Doctor Who started in the 60s, they are restarting from episode or season one. For the second time. But again, with Disney Plus worldwide streaming, it it really does make sense. But the first Doctor Who content we will get in just two weeks' time on Disney Plus are those three hour-long David Tennant specials. Because when Jodie Whittaker had her last episode and she regenerated, everybody thought she was going to regenerate into the new actor. 
but it didn't happen. Um, Instead, we got David Tennant, and it was a big question mark. But three specials, plus the, then season one. My question is still that: like, so is it just really the number of the season that gets reset, or is the continuity still followed through? Like, yeah, does it... the, the the continuity is ongoing, and we we've talked to what's like, really so interesting. What is the point? Like, what's it's just the number? It literally just the well, number. no, it's the number, but. If you're somebody maybe who doesn't watch Doctor Who and you've got a subscription, Disney Plus, and, oh, this is new, Doctor Who Season 1, you're going to get a new Doctor. Like, you've not seen that actor in that role before, so it's a great jumping-on point. Okay, sounds manipulative. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But it's always interesting. Like I used to think that when the Doctor regenerates, he's still alive like how big of a deal can it be really but if you watch more so 2005 onwards when he be when he regenerates and and has a different face and and he really becomes somebody else and that really got hit home with david tennant's doctor who like he wasn't ready to go it's it's interesting man but anyway i think for you someone who doesn't watch it like you know, other people that don't watch it as well. Disney Plus, like just when the new episodes get added, it's a good jumping on point. That's clearly what they're going for. Cool. I get to talk about dinosaurs next, which is exciting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> After Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, uh, Netflix has revealed a new series, Jurassic World Chaos Theory is coming in 2024 and we got a we got a little teaser trailer um i mean this isn't blowing our minds where we left off with um camp cretaceous jumps forward in time a little bit we're in line with i guess where jurassic world dominion is where we've got dinosaurs roaming the planet all over the place Brachiosauruses in backyards, that sort of thing. We've got the main character from Cretaceous, Darius. He's grown up now. He's a few years older. Now he's like an older teenager or like a young 20s or something. I don't know, whatever. But, you know, just like that show, like that that show started strong. It kind of got a little bit ridiculous. It kind of put me off a little bit. But... I'm still all for this. The animation looks great. The design of the dinosaurs, like there's a T-Rex in this teaser, looks fantastic. The music's there. I can't say no to this. And that's my <laughs> last, I'm a sucker for dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> we all, we so all know this. <laughs> so what have we established? Emily Blunt, dinosaurs, and what was the other one I had? Home Alone. <laughs> there we go. Somehow do something with that. And sums you up perfectly. Home Alone with Emily Blunt watching a dinosaur movie is my dream now. Okay. (laughs) It is your dream. Um, We we did a review (laughs) of season one for Sounds Like Comics. Yeah, then we never went back. (laughs) That was such a long time ago. And I really enjoyed that first season. That is all I've seen. I keep meaning to go back and catch up. And yeah, like it sounds like this is maybe where it's going to end with Chaos Theory next year. So I do need to, I do need to catch up. That first season was really good. I legitimately liked it. 
I don't know why yeah. I didn't press play on season two. I just haven't. Look, don't get me wrong. Like, it's a fun show and there's dinosaur antics and stuff. It's just as you get into like season, how many seasons? Are there? Like season three and four where there's like, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like there's another island, but it's not the other island that you'd be thinking of. There's another island. And then there's a lot of like sci-fi stuff happening that's just kind of wacky. And it's like, what is going on? Why is this happening? And I don't know. I kind of just got really sick of the kids not being eaten or dying or anything. But that's okay. It's a kid's show. It's fun. I will. But, you know, it's a, I'll, it's a fun I'll show. catch up. I'll catch up. Maybe I'll catch up ahead of Chaos Theory. You know, it wasn't planned, but as recent as today, I rewatched Jurassic Park. It is a film that I have wow. probably, I'm guessing not watched as many times as you have, but probably watched more than any other film. I love the movie Jurassic Park. And <laughs> just watch it again today. I was watching it thinking, it really is a perfect film. Like it really is like such like what a I've great... been saying. No one <laughs> listens to me when I oh, tell come them. On. I mean, everybody <laughs> loves Jurassic Park, like you know, but I'm watching it, it's like everything about it, like it just all the beats are there, and you know, it's you know, vi- you know, the mix of you know CGI, animatronics, the cast, the Williams score, it's just it's it's all there and it just flows beautifully. Like it's like the other two hours, like it just goes so quickly. Such a good film. Such a good film. That's my hot take. Jurassic I Park will... is a good film. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, where'd that come from? Um, but yeah, I I'll check it out again, I think. I'll read I reckon you'll like it. Time. Well Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for I'll invite Emily Blunt over. <laughs> we'll have a time. We'll have a time. Well, that's it for TV news and my take on Jurassic Park from 1993. Now on to the recommends. What do you have for us? All right. I'm going with the, what do we call it? It's a true crime documentary feature. It's on Netflix. It's called The Devil on Trial. Um, The hook for me was the connection to the Warrens. Um, The... The Conjuring, the third film. I know it's not the best one, but like that whole story in that with like the possessed boy and then that other guy that kind of invited the demon to take over him and then killed a guy and then went on trial and was like, well, essentially we have to prove that the devil exists to to get you off the hook. Um, This little documentary, it's just like a 90-minute thing, basically dives into that story it does revisit a lot of stuff that if you've seen that movie you're probably going to be like oh i know that or this or or whatever but they've got some real photos that were taken um real audio and stuff from you know like the the warrens had recorded and all like you know like the people involved all of that so that's all really interesting there's some recreated scenes which is always you know fun it is what it is um interviews with you know, like the boy that was actually possessed, the guy that was on trial for murder, um, some other relevant bits and pieces, you know, it's good. Um, oh, the grandson of the Warrens is interviewed as well. Like there's some good stuff. And what's really interesting, I don't want to give away sort of what happens in this, if that makes sense, but it's like the the approach and the take on the Warrens and who they are, it's kind of interesting 
where this documentary kind of goes with it because as much as they've been very relevant um especially with the movies and stuff and it's like hey it seems like they've been very much involved in the supernatural and some legitimate stuff they might put a bit of a question mark on how you feel about them pretty interesting watch very short it's not like you have to commit to 10 episodes or anything it's just a one and done 90 minute little movie the devil on trial on netflix watched it i thought it was fantastic arnie that's the name of the guy and yeah what you were saying there about the warrens so last episode i recommended the enfield poltergeist True, yeah, and it did. The Conjuring 2 was, you know, based on 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 the events that happened in Enfield. And again, like, you know, when you're watching something that's not a Conjuring movie and you're getting, like, the real-life take on the Warrens, it does tend to be a little bit different and maybe their involvement gets inflated slightly for the Conjuring movies. But still, though, interesting, really did enjoy it. And it is weird, like, okay, so now I'm going to cut to them today oh wow like it's yeah i'm thinking how would they have felt watching the conjuring movies but yeah no that was um that was a good watch it's always that you know hearing the original recordings it's it just plays in your mind doesn't it it feels a lot more a lot more real what i found more confronting was just sort of like someone else's account of you know what i was there and this is how things went and you know what it wasn't actually that fantastical (laughs) It's like, holy shit, <laughs> things are starting to get unraveled. But, yeah, I don't know. Interesting take. You know, my my recommend is also horror-related. Now, Ooh. a little caveat before I recommend what I'm going to recommend. I am not saying this is the best film, and it's a recent film, but it's a film that I've seen twice now, and I really enjoy And like the Conjuring films, I'm hoping that this could be the start of a franchise. And it's why I want to talk about it now, because it's a movie that is sitting at 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. It had a budget of 18 million. At the box office, it made 76.7 million. So come on, can we please get a sequel to The Pope's Exorcist? Have you seen this movie? It is cheesy. It is, I mean, I'm going to say big budget, but again, on a budget of 18 million, but this is a Sony horror drama with Russell Crowe. And it is just so much fun. We've got Russell Crowe as Father Gabriel, a chief exorcist for the Vatican. He battles Satan uh, there's an innocent person being possessed by a demon. Have you seen this movie? No, it's definitely been on the list. Check it out, man. Honestly, check it out. If you want to see Russell Crowe as a priest on a Vespa, just, I mean, yeah, just, I do. Honestly, I do honestly, he's, he's got the right. I mean, so this is it's based on a real guy. The guy actually exists. The guy that he's based on, he performed more than 100,000 exorcisms in his lifetime. 
And he was a bit of a character. And having somebody like Russell Crowe can really bring bring that out. There's a moment in the movie where, where Russell Crowe, you know, his character goes to the Vatican and he's passing a group of nuns. And he, and he goes, cuckoo, and they giggle. And then he's got this thing about saying cuckoo. Like he's on his bike and he's riding by somebody and he goes, cuckoo. It's weird, man. It's a weird movie. Uh, but they, you know, it looks like they spent money in the right places with, you know, with the VFX. It's again, I'm not saying it's the best movie, but I kind of like it. It's a bit cheesy, but it's like, you know, haunted, you know, not haunted house, but there's a possession. Um, so you do kind of get the the conjuring vibes, but it's not quite as yeah. polished as that. It's it doesn't I mean, lend itself to more. It does, yeah. It absolutely oh, cool. does. Yeah, you know, it absolutely does lend itself to more. And again, if we're looking at a budget of 18 million, 76.7, I've got to be honest, like, if they didn't have Russell Crowe in a title role, I don't think I'm sat here recommending it. He really does <laughs> add so much to it. Him and his festival. Again, <laughs> cuckoo. Just watch it. Just watch it. It's, it's an hour All 45. Right. It's on prime video it's on binge you've got no excuse well that's it for the recommend section and that's it for another episode of that film stew if you haven't already check out our other shows rewind and review and sounds like comics each of those shows also have their own facebook pages if you missed it be sure to check out our recent review of the marvels and stay tuned for our upcoming review of well, we didn't quite confirm, did we, on the Marvels review? We still don't know, do we? It could we be no a Hunger Games movie. It could be an Eddie Murphy movie on Prime, Candy Cane Lane. We'll keep you guessing. Do you know what? You know what we can say? Next in the feed, Loki, right? That oh, is Loki. true. Like, I mean, Loki season two. Yeah, let's plug that. Well, thanks for joining us for another round of movie and TV news. You've been listening to Luke. And you've been listening to Jason. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. <laughs>